Welcome to The Somatic Mother, a podcast for mothers who are seeking out conversations around deep healing, soul level alignment, embodiment, and alternative options that will guide you back home to your true, authentic, and grounded self in life and motherhood. Whether you are trying to conceive, pregnant, postpartum, or already in the stages of raising your children, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Amy Lowney, and I believe that if mothers can take radical steps to deep self-healing, we can manifest a future of embodied, healthy, and conscious little beings that will change the trajectory of humanity. Thank you for being here while we embark together on some of the most important work that us mothers hold. Let's begin. Welcome to another episode of the Somatic Mother. I have Lauren Dionysus today, and I am so excited to have you today, Lauren. Guys, we're going to be diving into spirit babies and soul babies, and Lauren's going to really dissect what those mean here. But I really invited her on today because um, I've been connecting with my own spirit baby as I've shared in some previous episodes. And I'm really just excited to hear you, Lauren, share the wisdom you've gained, the little bit of background that I've just kind of like dabbled in from how you got here is so incredible. I'm a former registered nurse also. And I know that you're either a nurse now, former nurse, um, however you identify there. But I'm just really excited for you to share with myself and all the listeners about connecting to their spirit babies, their soul babies, and even just staying connected to that soul with their baby as they're welcoming new life into this world. So excited to see what comes up today. So Lauren, thank you for being here. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here and just share some of this wisdom that that babies are willing and ready to share with us. You know, they are my greatest teachers, my biggest teachers, and they are so eager to just be able to share their wisdom and the information with us to help us not only on our journey, but to help us to support them more deeply as well as they come to the earth. So, yeah, so I guess I can start with a little bit about me and how I got here. So, um, so yes, I'm, I'm still working out the whole registered nurse, former registered nurse. I haven't practiced for a couple of years now, but I did work for over 20 years as a registered NICU nurse, which is neonatal intensive care. So basically from a very young age, um, I was only in my early twenties, I was exposed clinically, um, and emotionally, obviously to those babies that were the sickest, those that had the roughest start to life, those who, you know, were born unexpectedly with different, you know, from different situations, you know, those babies that were born through birth trauma, um, extreme prematurity, difficult social situations. Basically, I've witnessed the worst of birth, anything that could go wrong. Um, And it was very emotionally, energetically, physically, mentally draining for me. Because, um, you know, unfortunately, working in an ICU unit, whether it's adults or children, you know, not all who are admitted leave. And so it was um, witnessing the death of babies that I found the most brutal and the hardest to the point where after about 10 years, I actually left because I'm like, I just can't deal with this. And 
It's interesting that I had a very strong Christian upbringing, even though I've moved away from those beliefs now. But, you know, I kept asking these questions like, why would God, whoever God is, how would, why would God allow babies to die? Why would they allow these like beautiful parents to be, have to deal with these awful situations? And how could, sounds quite judgmental, but how could, you know, mums who were heavily addicted to drugs and severe mental health problems, like how could they seem to just pop out babies really easy? And then the woman in the you know, bed next door is on a 10th round of IVF. So mm-hmm. I really struggled with those questions, all those those why questions that I just could not find an answer to. I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. You know, religion certainly didn't offer those answers. Um, you know, my clinical career as a nurse didn't offer those answers. And so eventually I took a break. I just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I was just emotionally spent and was sick of just trying to get on with it, you know, like, you know, yeah. you just expected to rock up, you know, for shift after shift after shift. Um, and dealing with this was very, um, you know, I've always been a very sensitive child and adult, you know, lots of feeling what's not mine and, and all of that. And so it just kind of built up for me to the point where I'm like, no, I need to get out of here. I can't deal with this. So, um, <laughs> I look back at the time and I'm I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to pack my bags and go to Africa. As you do, right? Things get hard. So off I went to Africa and I thought I don't want anything to do with hospitals, doctors, nurses, babies. So I went and volunteered with the animals. And I think while I was over there, I was asking a lot of, you know, trying to find some of these answers to these why questions. And, you know, it was sort of like, why am I here? Like, you know, these sorts of yeah, like the big questions, I guess, that we get to a point in our lives where we start to ask and start to dig deeper. How old were um, you? How old were you at this point? Um, so I was I was 30, 31 okay. um, when I went to Africa. So mm-hmm. I'd been working in the nursery for probably just under 10 years, maybe okay. like nine, eight, nine years. I'd been in the, the nursery for at this point, 11 years as a nurse by that point. So, yeah, so I had some quite profound spiritual experiences in Africa, which, you know, to cut a long story short, when I came back, I started, you know, studying yoga and meditation and um, learning more about like Buddhism and different breathing techniques and supporting the nervous system, energy work, cranial sacral work, acupressure, like lots of different spiritual modalities. And I guess very much embarking on my own journey to kind of help myself to make peace, I guess, with with some of these why questions. And but I didn't return to the nursery. I just couldn't. I'm like, I can't face that. <laughs> but after three years of being away, I just felt this pull to like return to the nursery. So I started in um what they call a well baby nursery, which is basically where babies are just um growing and feeding and they weren't medically unwell. But then over a series of probably a few months to a year, I started, you know, sort of being called back into intensive care again. And I remember like giving the old, like the universe, this ultimatum, like, you know, if you want me to go back in there, things have got to be different this time. And I guess, you know, we need to be careful what we wish for, right? Because <laughs> you know, not, not long after that, like probably within, yeah, six to 12 months of returning to the nursery, which was in 2016, I started having, it's like my worlds collided 
and I started having these um, spiritual experiences with babies while I was in my scrubs in the hospital in some of the biggest like NICUs in the country. So um, I thought I was losing my mind and so I took some time off work. I thought I was going crazy and too many night shifts and not enough sleep. So I took some time off work. But when I returned um, like a couple of weeks later, everything just intensified. And then I was on this journey probably for the next five, six years, I guess, of like trying to look like a normal nurse while also having all of these spiritual experiences. And I'm seeing pictures around babies in their incubators. I'm seeing different beings. I'm seeing different energies around the parents. I'm like hearing things. I'm feeling things. Like I'll go to you know, feed a baby and I'll get different sensations in my own body, especially when I touch them and I'm like feeling things. And I just saw it, I guess, as um, I was curious. And I started to, once I stopped trying to block it out, I thought it's obviously not going away. So maybe I'll just like listen to what I'm, you know, look at what I'm seeing and listen to the words I'm hearing and just see, like, just see what's going on, see what's what's coming through. And so that's what I did. Like, they became my biggest teachers and I, um, they really put me in my place in, in many times, like, especially when it came to judgment of different situations. And all of this wisdom started to come through to help me to understand why all this was happening. And so it completely changed the way I cared for babies clinically. I also did a few different, not experiments, but I'd start the way I cared for babies, even the way I held them and touched them and talked to them. I would compare when I was doing these things in different ways, I would also watch their heart monitor, their cardiac monitor to see how um, physically things may be changing when I held them, touched them, talked to them in different ways. And I could start to see what helped soothe their nervous system, what spiked their nervous system what expanded their energy, what contracted their energy. So it was, yeah, so it was a real like learning curve for me. I'm like, they don't teach this stuff at university. (laughs) And so I, yeah, so it allowed me then to continue working in in NICU for another few years um, in a completely different way. But then what happened is, you know, I had all this information, but I was like a pressure cooker. I couldn't share it because I couldn't start sharing this information with my colleagues and like the doctors, I can't say, hey, this is going on when they're saying this is going on. Like I couldn't, I felt I didn't have a voice in that environment. And I also couldn't share with families either because it was very much like against hospital policy and all the protocols and how we're supposed to to communicate and, and share information. And so it was really hard because there was there was a lot of information coming through that I just knew in my my bones could really really help these women and these families um you know not only connect with their baby and understand their baby better but could be really healing and helpful for their own journey so that's when yeah after yeah it was about 2 to 3 years ago now I stepped out of the system you know mm-hmm. I'm not going to diss the medical system you know it's it's there is a lot of um good that's done in the medical system. But I think as we all know, it doesn't have all the answers and it's not always the most helpful system to be involved in. And so now I've stepped out of that and now I just um, work solely with um, with mums and their their babies, whether in spirit or earth side. And finally, not only am I able to share, 
but I'm also able to give these babies a voice and be mm-hmm. like a messenger for these um, these souls who are willing and wanting and waiting to communicate and connect with us. Your story is like amazing. I have so many questions, but I also know if I ask all the questions, we'll be here for four hours. I feel like I say that every time, but I want to hear, I want to rewind a little bit to like the first time that you had like a connection with a soul baby. Mm -hmm. And then I want to have you kind of discuss a little bit about spirit babies and soul babies and kind of how you term that. But you know, I just am thinking in this moment of like, because my last job as a nurse was labor and delivery. And Mm -hmm. I just think about, because I went on this whole spiritual journey also, and all the questions, why am I here? Is this my purpose? What Mm -hmm. am I supposed to do? And I just think if I was to be this version of me now and step back into a hospital as a nurse, the different way I would care for all of my patients, which I think... I just like hadn't thought about it that way until you brought it up. But I would love mm-hmm. to hear like that first time you had that connection when you were like, I thought I was losing my mind of yeah. night shifts. Like what was that experience? Yeah, well, it was it was on a night shift. It was about two or three in the morning. I found that's when a lot of the the best spiritual stuff happened, to be honest. And yeah, it was about two or three in the morning. I was actually working in isolation with a baby who was about, she'd been born about three months premature, but she was um, about two months old. So she was still, she was probably maybe 33, 34 weeks corrected, I guess, from memory. Um, But she had an infection. So she was in isolation and again, the middle of the night and she would just not stop crying. You know, I'd done all the things. I'd, um, I checked her, you know, she was fed. She was, um, she was clean. I'd changed her. Um, we'd had a cuddle, I put her back to bed and she just wouldn't settle. And I started to get really, um, I just started to get impatient. I'm like, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I, my brain is exhausted. I'm tired. I feel sick. I just want to stop and I just need quiet. And this was all sort of going through my mind. And I was getting, yeah, I was, I was just getting impatient with her. And I'm like, I just want you to be quiet. So I went over to her and I put well, here in Australia, we call it a dummy. I think it's a pacifier for you guys. Yeah. So I put that into her mouth. And that was the moment when I saw, it was hard to describe because when I see things, it's like a layer comes over my own reality. So mm-hmm. I still, I could still see the room that I was in. I could still see her. I could still see her cot. But there was a picture that came over her right side, which would have been, you know, sort of looking out my left side. And it was actually this really strange, like cartoon picture. And there was no words. It was just a look of um, surprise or shock, even on this face. And what came through to me simultaneously at the same time is you have just silenced her voice. You have wanted her to be something that she's not in this moment. And you have basically, can't remember the exact words, but it was like you have basically silenced her self-expression. And this um again, it was it was kind of this combination of like I was hearing words, but I was also feeling them and like knowing. It was like this knowing. And it's like this is where the the problem starts, you know, when we're um trying to silence babies and trying to we want them to be something they're not in that moment. Like for me, I wanted her to be quiet when she obviously didn't want to be quiet. She obviously had energy moving through her system and she needed to release that. 
so yeah so in a nutshell that was my first experience and like I looked at her and I looked at you know I'm sort of what on earth just happened and I'm looking at this baby and it was like and she stopped crying and she is like she's looking straight through me and with the realization that I knew what was happening and she was all over it she was like knew what was going on and it's like there was like this simultaneous realization that we both knew what was going on at that moment in time um she ended up sleeping for the rest of the night but it was a really that was the first I guess my first experience of my worlds colliding um and it was yeah this combination of like visual auditory and also like a feeling and a knowing in my body and I'm like and I felt really bad I'm like my god I just silenced her like I've like just shut her down I've judged her I have you know rejected her on some level you know it's like this um lightning bolt of aha moments that just really hit me at you know some ungodly hour of the morning and suddenly I was wide awake really alert um yeah and that was that was the beginning the first of many more my gosh so amazing I and I'm sure there were so many thoughts going through your head of like because I've done the night shift and I feel like until you know like you don't know and you're just like fuzzy and just kind of trying to like step your way until 7am hits and you're like getting through this. Yes. But so incredible. And what I kind of want you to like share from here because we had talked about this before but spirit babies the the term spirit babies is very it's being it's familiar to people. But you're here sharing your first experience was actually with a baby in this physical plane, in this physical realm. And I would love for you to share how you kind of talk about spirit babies and soul babies and why you do that, because it is so powerful. I just know in my own experience with um, going through my own spiritual journey, getting pregnant, really connecting on the soul level with my last pregnancy and my last baby. And I was just so deeply connected to him. Of course, I was with my older two, but it was just this different connection when he was born and I could understand him more. Like I could understand his cry deeper than I could Mm -hmm. my other two. And then, you know, trying to conceive now and going through a miscarriage earlier in the year, having been connected to like a spirit baby before. And you just kind of brought so much light and when we talked before recording about it's all the same. It's all the same. We just kind of have these different terms. So if you would, wouldn't mind sharing like spirit baby, soul babies, and why you call these baby souls. Yeah. Well, I guess for me personally or and professionally, like I guess spirit babies never really, that term never really resonated with me because yeah, as you said, my first experiences, um, in this this realm, I guess, were with babies who were already born. Um, and so for me, the term spirit baby suggests that it's about souls who are in spirit, whereas, um, you know, whether that's preconception and during pregnancy, you know, and I know there is a lot of um, interest in communicating with with babies during, in, you know, during this time. But, you know, from my experience, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when babies are born and suddenly they they stop being um stop being souls or stop communicating as souls. And so 
I use the words, yeah, either soul babies or baby souls sometimes just to kind of help um, encompass that whole spectrum, like from preconception to um, like right through childhood or really as long as we're humans on earth, we're, we're souls, right? It's not like we um, stop connecting spiritually once we're born. And so I guess, yeah, soul babies or baby souls is a, a term I'm much more comfortable with because, um, you know, I do believe that, yes, we can absolutely connect preconception um, during pregnancy, um, after loss, but we can also continue to communicate. And for me, uh, the experience of that is there's very little difference between communicating with a soul who was born, who has been born is here on the earth and a soul who is in spirit. Energetically, they feel a little bit differently, but as far as the, the quality of the communication and the ease of communication, there's, there's very rarely, if any, difference there. And so I just feel it like, yeah, baby souls or soul babies just honors the baby's journey a little bit more deeply so that we can see them as this, this energy, this um, infinite energy, this continuous energy that, yeah, that communicates the whole, the whole way through, you know, because yeah, again, that's where it really started for me is it's like, and yes, I would have you know, obviously I work with babies usually in those early hours, days and weeks and months. But, you know, there was, it also comes to a time where, you know, it'd be like 24 week twins in the delivery ward, you know, and it's like, then I'd start communicating with them like just before they were born as well. So yeah, I just, it just sits better with me, I think, Mm -hmm. to, to see babies as a soul that, yeah, doesn't stop communicating at birth. You know, they have so much more to offer after birth as well. Oh, I love that. I'm definitely going to be using that more, especially with the craniosacral work I do with, because I'm working with mom and baby. And generally they come to me for, you know, like breastfeeding concerns or maybe some birth trauma. And there's been moments, you know, you're talking about the pacifier where, you know, I work with the baby and they kind of go through a rebirth or, they have a release of some sort and they start crying and it is a um, a way of expression. And I remember this one moment where the mom put the pacifier in and I just felt this like almost like shock with the, alongside the baby and not like a, I'm mm-hmm. judging mom, but it was, I could feel mm-hmm. what the baby was feeling. And he was just kind of like, wait a minute, I need to just scream for a minute. I had my own experience and you're silencing me is kind of like how it felt. And we had just talked about like, a you know, expressive crying and stuff, but um, yeah, I'm going to use that because it's, it's just the soul connection. It's not these separate connections that aren't mm-hmm. part of one. So I'm definitely going to be using that as far as the work you do now. So mm-hmm. you've talked about, you know, you work with moms, work with soul babies, who generally comes to see you and like, how do you work with them now? Yeah. So I work with women anywhere on their journey. So I work with a lot of women who are trying to conceive those going through IVF or IUI work with a lot of women around that. Also working with women who are pregnant, I would say probably the, the largest cohort, I guess, of women I work with are women who have experienced loss of some sort, you know, whether it's miscarriage 
termination, stillbirth, the loss of a baby or a child. And sometimes these women have experienced their losses 20, 30 years ago as well. For other women, it was in their last cycle last month. And so that's probably the the group of women I find that often have the most why questions, Um, you know, like why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? We can really tune in and connect with the soul of these babies who have come to the earth and then left for whatever reason. And then obviously, yep, during pregnancy, helping mums to um, connect with their baby's soul during pregnancy, also offering a, a baby's soul the um, the opportunity to share if there's anything they need for their birth onto the earth as well as how their parents or their, their mother can best support them when they do arrive on the earth. And then also it's kind of extending now to now working more with with children as well, especially children who are um, neurodivergent and and that sort of helping to mothers and families to kind of understand their children more deeply as well. So it's, yeah, so it's expanded the whole, yeah, the whole spectrum now used to, you know, just be with, with babies in the, you know, newborns essentially, but now it's, yeah, from preconception right through to I find around 10 to 12 years of age, I find once children hit the teenage years, the connection can go a bit fuzzy. Not always, but that seems to be the pattern. But certainly up until then, I find, I mean, it depends on the child's soul, but most of them will, yeah, be able to, um, yeah, communicate quite easily, especially today's children. That's a big, a big difference. (laughs) I was just going to say, I feel like the kids, the babies coming in are asking for a lot of growth and healing and they're they're coming to do some big things. They're like, we're here and we are ready to do big things. And I don't, you need to work on your stuff and I'm going to help you do that through some challenging yeah. moments. Yeah, I think they're here to do some big things. But I do want to ask, so for like the babies that, you know, the soul babies you're working with when these moms are going through conception or IVF or miscarriages, what are, and of course it's so unique to every individual that you work with, but what are some of those like answers to those whys? Because I know it can be so hard when you're experiencing a loss or difficulty conceiving and you do have all the whys and to be able to, to connect with your baby. I mean, you're just doing such big, incredible things. And I'm just loving hearing you share all of this because it's, making a huge difference for families and our future. And yeah, so what are some of those answers that you get from those babies? Yeah, probably um, the most, probably the most common one, but also the hardest to digest on the human level is that I never plan to stay. And that's something, you know, we have this belief in our society that one that any spirit baby we can connect with or, you know, baby soul that we can connect with um, means that they're coming to earth. We have this belief that, oh, I can connect to my baby, so they must be coming. And that's not always the case. You know, in my experience, there are different baby souls around us at any point in time. They can come and go. Um, Sometimes they communicate with us exactly what you said before to help us to grow and learn but it's more so from the spirit realm rather than here on earth. So there are some that, you know, in your energy field that you are planning a a life here on earth, 
others aren't. Um, some decide to come for a short amount of time because they need to experience the earth energy before they decide that, yes, I'm going to stay, I'm going to come back again, or I need to go and do a bit more learning or integration and then come back. You know, and I, the way I talk about this work too, I should clarify this is that there are some things with when it comes to the human experience that can't be explained through, you know, spiritual experiences or beliefs or, or whatever. So I'm very much about really honoring those really human, that really human experience, whether it's around trauma, miscarriage, loss, grief, hurt. Um, all of these things are very, very real emotions. And we can't use the these spiritual explanations that I'm talking about to kind of cover that up. Um, you know, I'm all about really being able to hold space for both, really honouring that very human journey while also being able to expand the mind more with a sense of curiosity about what else might be going on here. And I find when women are able to hold both, they're able to hold their own experience as well as the spiritual um, perspectives it allows a much softer and more peaceful journey for many women. But as I said, it's there's still that very real human experience. And so, you know, sometimes like, and I guess the other thing with this soul information is it's baby souls, regardless of whether they're here on earth or in spirit, they don't have the emotional attachment to situations that we do here. You know, we're very attached to children and babies and our pregnancies and and all of these things, which is very much part of that human experience. I'm not judging that at all. But with the information that comes through from from spirit and from these baby souls is very direct, very like almost factual in many ways, because they don't have that emotional, that emotional attachment to the life here on earth that we do. And so when they share these answers around their whys, like sometimes, as I mentioned, it can be something as simple and as complicated as, well, I never planned to stay. And, you know, and sharing that with a woman who's recently, whether recently or in the past, has experienced a miscarriage, it can be helpful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it can be quite confronting and can really, there can be that internal conflict around that. So, um, you know, there's lots of reasons why not only is coming to the earth for a short amount of time really important for the baby's journey, but there's often a lot of growth and learning for the mother as well. And this can be around um, the physical release of the womb space. It can be like the energetic, like energetic cleansing. I have had these experiences where baby souls come into the womb like purely to cleanse, you know, whether has there's been previous trauma there, you know, energy from previous partners, previous lives, all sorts of things that we as women store in our pelvis and in our womb space. And so all these these whys, I guess, you know, and around why haven't I come yet? You know, why hasn't my baby come yet? You know, these things, it's like, well, you know, there's, again, different reasons for that. And, again, you touched on it earlier when you mentioned that, um, you know, that these babies are wanting us to grow and learn and, you know, and often not that babies are needing, you know, it's not about being perfect, but they need their future mothers to be at a certain point in their um, spiritual awareness, their emotional intelligence, their personal development to be able to be the mother that they need, that this child needs for their journey here to earth. And so if they're waiting us, waiting for us to kind of get to that point, 
then it doesn't matter what we do before then, it's not going to hurry the process. So, yeah, there's lots of different answers to the whys. But, yeah, that biggest one is like I didn't plan to stay or either I'm not ready yet, you're not ready yet. It's also interesting that in the spirit world, you know, there's very different, they have a different standard for what being ready means. You know, we can think that we're ready here, but in the bigger picture, it's not the kind of ready that the child needs. So there's a lot of trying to, I guess, unpack some of those um, beliefs that we have as well. And, And it's like, well, if something's not happening and you're wanting it to happen, then it's usually because it's not time yet for whatever reason that we may or may not know or that there's something happening with these babies. It's like, I'm not ready to go yet. You know, just because we want them to come to earth doesn't mean that they're ready to come. You know, we all have come here on our own journey, right? To have a, mm-hmm. our, our souls having the opportunity to have a life here on earth. And yes, probably most of us, you know, part of why we came is because our parents wanted to start a family um, or expand the, their family, but that's not the whole reason that, we came to earth. We didn't just come here for our parents. You know, we have our own journey, our own mission, our own experiences and growth to have here. And it's the same for the babies who are coming. Doesn't matter how much we want them to come. That's only like a small piece of the pie when it comes to that, that bigger picture. Cause it's about, well, why are they coming? Like what's important for them? Like what's their, their purpose and their mission beyond their family of origin? So I find this work, it really kind of encourages you to expand your mind and to, to I guess, have an energy or an approach of curiosity about these bigger concepts and, and bigger perspectives to help us understand the journey here on earth in a, a, a different way, I guess. Oh, amazing. I mean, there's, yeah, so much in there. Of course, it's so unique to every soul and every individual and every experience. But the way I found a lot of peace in raising my children um, as they're growing, you know, my oldest is 10, middle seven, youngest is three. And I hit this point of, because you just want to protect and you want to protect and you want to protect. And there's a lot of control in that. And I was able to, along this journey of, you know, self-discovery, to kind of separate myself a little from my kids. And that's not like a separation of like, I don't love you. It's such a deep love, but it's a non-possessive love. And I hope I'm kind of portraying what I'm trying to speak here, but it is a very much like you, my child are here on your own journey and I can't protect you from all of the wounds you're going to have. And I can't protect you from every thought that you're going to have. And I can't protect you from everything because you are not mine. I, I get to guide you here along this life journey and this through this human experience. And I get to walk beside you doing that. And it really gave me a lot of kind of peace um, mm-hmm. and freedom so that not everything is like falling on me as a mother. Right. Cause I think as mothers, yeah. we carry so much guilt and blame and shame and, I think that probably goes for like conception too of we can blame ourselves so much. And it's like, I'm ready I'm in the right job. And I have the husband and we have the house and right now would be perfect. And then 
you know, this timing that we don't have control over. And then we also can experience, I think this is just as women in our society, we can carry that burden. And so I really love that you shared that because it is, it kind of takes the heaviness off of you and not to say it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, there isn't some pain in the experience of having a loss Mm -hmm. and going through the journey, but you can hold the two and grieve and understand that there's something bigger at play. Absolutely. And I think the key word with that is the word and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not about either or, or one being right and one being wrong. It's like, how can, how can we hold both of those experiences, perceptions, perspectives, and kind of start to integrate the two a little more, I guess. And that's a big, that's something I'm really passionate about. And I think, you know, just on what you said um, a moment ago, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It was around, you know, what you mentioned about, you know, sort of, I guess, not putting all of that responsibility for your children, like onto yourself, like not taking all of that on and like what comes through so clearly um, and frequently in, in this work is, is exactly that, you know, you're, you're here to, you know, as mothers, you're here to offer these children an experience and exactly what you said to like guide them and to support them. But it's not your sole responsibility for everything that happens to them. And, you know, it's almost going into this place of, of surrender, you know, doing what you can, but also allowing them to have their experience. And I think this is also really important in the um, preconception stage as well, because, you know, what I come across, and this is of no judgment whatsoever to the women, but there's very much a, a grasping energy or it's like, it's like we're trying to pluck these babies from the sky because we so desperately want them. And I always use the analogy of, you know, it's like grasping for a feather. Sometimes it's like that, that just that movement of like trying to grab that feather as it's falling from the sky, that it's like the the wind or the breeze around that is going to push that feather further away and be harder to catch. And so I'm finding the this generation of children, they are not wanting to be conceived through that energy. They don't want to be pulled, like pulled to earth or like plucked from the ethers. It's like, I want to be, there's this, this energy of like, I want to be invited to have a a life here on earth. And so I work with women to like, how can you create a, um, you know, go into that space of, you know, it's like, I have an opportunity here for you. I would love to support you. I'd love to guide you. Um, I would love to, to play that role for you in this life. Like I'm, I would love to be that vessel or that vehicle for helping you to come to earth. And I think, and this is like, I feel well, it's really, really important to share this is, you know, respecting their autonomy as souls and as potential humans. You know, they need to meet us halfway. If they're going to plan a life on earth, it's not all on us. It's not up to us to literally pluck them from the sky and put them into our womb space. It's like, I'm doing what I can. And then it's about, okay, the opportunity's there, but you need to come to me as well. And what I'm finding is that babies, they want to do that. They want that part of their journey to be honoured and acknowledged. They want to feel that they have a choice to come, that they can come to us and that we are there to receive them. I'm very big on the energy of um, receiving rather than kind of going out and getting. 
And I find that by being able to just go into that place of receiving, like I'm ready to receive you or I'm here for you, but then it needs to, and I know this is so much easier said than done, but then there needs to almost be a, not a detachment from that, but it's like we need to allow these souls then to step up and to make their decision and to come to us. So we're not taking on that whole responsibility because like coming to earth, like going from soul to baby or child, whatever, or to human, it's a big deal. And there's so many pieces of that puzzle um, and we can't take them all on. You know, that that process is such a, there's so many moving pieces and there's so many different beings involved in one child coming to earth that we as humans tend to take on all of that responsibility and then wonder why it's not working. Um, whereas if we can just kind of stick to our own lane and it's like, I'm doing what I'm, what I can, you know, if there's something else I need to do, let me know. But then we need to kind of leave it to, to them to make that commitment, to take that step and to, yeah, take that leap here to earth. And, Babies are wanting to do that. They're wanting to be able to exercise their autonomy. They're wanting to be able to make those decisions and come and conceive through that energy because I'm finding, you know, lately I know there's a lot of focus on the energy of birth and, you know, that birth portal, but what I'm finding for some babies is the energy of conception has an even um, deeper and longer-lasting effect on the child than even the birth. You know, if they're trying to conceive through an energy of like wanting and grasping or, or through perhaps lack or fear or anything like that, that's something that they're going to, is going to stick with them on some level. Whereas if we can, again, just allow them to come to us, it completely changes that energy of, of conception, which is a lot more empowering and supportive for, for them as potential future humans. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, it can be a little bit like out there, some of these concepts, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's a very strong theme that's coming through at the moment. And that's why we're actually at times babies are preferring to come through IVF because they can often bypass some of that energy of conception, especially if there's, you know, things going on in the relationship or there's a lot of fear or grasping, um, sometimes being conceived in a lab somewhere in a hospital um, is actually more supportive energetically for them. I bet anyway. that's really reassuring for anybody who is going through IVF, um, mm -hmm. who is connected to kind of that more spiritual realm. It's always been kind of a question of mine, but I'm not on that journey. So it's not really a space that I s sit in and ask those questions, but I'm sure that's reassuring for anybody going through through that experience. But everything that you were just talking about completely makes sense. I've had people, I've had adults on my table who are like, they go into a somatic emotional release and they go to the moment of conception mm -hmm. or they go to a moment in the womb even. And they're like, I don't feel wanted or my parents are fighting a lot. I just feel stress. And you know, we don't have these conscious memories, but they are very subconscious and it is part of our soul's journey. And so bringing it even before that of, you know, just what we were talking about of like a spirit baby, soul baby, it's, it's all the same. We just have these physical and non-physical realms of to kind yeah. of almost separate them. I especially feel like it's humans. 
and kind of yeah. the current world we live in, but it uh, absolutely makes sense, at least to me. Yeah. How do yeah. you help women connect to like their soul baby? Or is there ways that you help women like learn to connect to their soul baby, either before preconception or even like when they're in the womb? Yeah, so um, I do. Um, and I think it's important to note here that just like us here on earth, we all communicate differently. So some of us are good speakers, others might be good writers, others might express themselves through music or art or things like that. So I find when it comes to baby souls, it's the same. They communicate differently. Some communicate telepathically, some will send images, some will send feelings like physical sensations to the body. Some will communicate like we're communicating now in like a, especially if they've recently been to earth before, um, often that being able to have a, a conversation per se comes, still comes very easily to them. So, so when working with, with women, um, it's important to understand you know, if there's a, a soul that's wanting to communicate th- with them, it's like let's find out how they want to communicate with you because that will then determine how I help the mother to communicate with her child because if I, if we're, if you know, if a mum's trying to listen to words from her future baby or her current baby and the baby communicates through feeling, for example, they're going to miss each other. So that's like step one is like, Let's understand how this soul communicates. Let's find out their communication style and how they want to communicate with you. So that's kind of the first step. And then the second step is there's, I think there's this um, perception when it comes to connecting with spiritual realms and stuff that is kind of all about like going out there and like finding them. And I find that really intrusive, right? And I know like me being a human here on the earth, I don't like people coming at me and wanting things from me. So what I teach women is like coming into a space of receiving, um, which to do that, it means coming into, you need to connect with yourself first. Um, If we try to, I guess, go out and connect with a baby soul, we're trying to connect through our mind And that's either going to bring wrong information through or it's going to be diluted or it's going to, there's going to be a bias there. It's kind of got to come through our thoughts and our belief system. And so what we may end up with might be actually totally different to the original energy that was coming through. So it's really important to connect with yourself. And the way I teach women to do this is to go inward. So it is a a form of um, meditation, even though you don't need to have been like a meditator for 10 years or anything but it's about like coming into yourself and then actually and it sounds really counterintuitive but it's actually using the energy of the earth so and I guess the way I see it is we're bringing our energy into the earth and we're grounding ourselves and we're essentially standing there I guess as some kind of lighthouse or uh, a beacon where we allow them to come to us because that is such a common theme. It's like, you know, let's allow them to come to us and communicate in the way that they want to communicate, to share with us what they want to communicate. Often another place mums and bubs can miss each other is if, you know, the mother is wanting answers to certain questions and the baby's soul either doesn't know those answers, hasn't made those decisions yet, or actually doesn't want 
to share that information. They can see it as irrelevant to their journey. And that's where that soul human sort of a little bit of mismatch can happen. You know, we want to know, you know, when is my baby coming or how many babies am I going to have or am I going to have a boy or a girl? And, you know, and from the spirit realm, from their perspective, a lot of that information is just not important to them. It's like um, not that there's judgment around that towards us humans, but there's this a little sense of um, being confused or even bemused maybe is the word. They're a little bit, oh, that's like, you know, why do you want to know that? Like how is that for your highest good? They very much want to share about what's going to help me and what's going to help you. And sometimes that can be different to what we perceive that to be. So it's it's really important, I think, with this work to have, yes, we can definitely have questions. And when I work with women, I always give them the opportunity to ask questions. And probably 90% of the time, those questions are answered. But there are times where it's not. And, you know, it's important to respect them as a soul and respect their journey and give them, I find this work is really, yes, it helps us to find answers, but it really helps them to share what they want to share. You know, let's start that that journey of self-expression like well before they're even here or once they're already here, There's, it's never too late, right, to start that process. But let's allow them to share what they feel is important to them and what they feel like on a, you know, again, they're looking at from a higher perspective than what we are, um, what they would like us to do to help support them. So it's very much like when you're connecting with these baby souls is it's very much about, yeah, connect with yourself first, bring your own energy down and allow them to come to you and share what they need to share. That's the way I do it. I think it's probably quite counterintuitive and different to probably how a lot of people communicate with the the spirit realms but that's what I find um works for me and what happens is it's like it happens very quickly and I guess I've been doing this for a while now so like I can sit down it's like almost as soon as I start to bring my energy down and start grounding my own energy the information can start to flood in because there's like no resistance to that communication I'm just here to receive I'm just that antenna to to receive the wisdom and the information and so I find it just happens they're not trying to fight through my mind or my expectations of what I want to hear and I guess it's different for me because I I mean I I do work with my own baby souls at times but generally I'm working for other people so it's a lot easier for me because I don't have that um, attachment right so I can just like really allow that to come through in a clear a clear way and it's kind of like all about them it's like what do you want to share like what do you need to get off your chest or what do you need to to express right now so I hope that kind of answers the question but yeah that's how that's how I work (laughs) oh I love that I the way I'm kind of thinking about it for myself is just kind of like plugging in and grounding down and to kind of bring yourself into a place of neutrality where yeah you're not like are you going to be a girl or a boy? Cause I really want you to be a girl because I have three boys. You know, you're able to yeah. just like come inward and just receive the information coming to you instead yeah. of grasping. It's it's still that like surrender, neutral yes. ground, soften, receive. And I think I know yeah. in just my, my own existence of anything that comes to me, it's like when I'm grounded, those are like the biggest 
those are the moments where the biggest things come to me. And I even think just for conception, right, is like, it's a receiving, an act of surrender and receive. Yeah, so this, that all completely makes sense to me. And even just in the way of thinking of the spirit baby that I have been connected to through all of this, I'm like, I'm absolutely going to like schedule something with you to kind of understand your perspective. But it's also nice to have somebody who doesn't have my filter and who is in a space of neutrality where, and you're clearly very kind and compassionate. And I'm sure you deliver that information just the same. But to be able to have, like, take my filter off, you know, because like you said, we all have our filters, but to just sit and kind of receive this information that has come to me, to be grounded in it has been a lot easier in hearing her say, I'm not coming to earth. And that wasn't my purpose with you. And it was just kind of like, oh, blow but I'm still very much like connected to her and it is this beautiful relationship. I just don't have her in like physicality. So I think that plugging in and connecting down is, is a really beautiful way of like explaining, explaining it. I do want to hear a little bit about how you help um, women in like pregnancy and birth, because I have had my own experiences. I mean, from my own pregnancies, but also other women I've worked with, where the baby is like, you know, I know like my son was like, stop stressing about this. This is how my birth is going to go and like just surrender. But there's been moments where the mom's connecting into baby and the baby's like, no, I will not be born vaginally. Like that's just my story. Yeah. And yeah, that's not what she wants to hear, but she's able to connect to that baby and be like, okay, I trust you. You trust me. We got this together. Um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about that um, as we're kind of approaching the last few minutes here. Yeah, sure. So, and I think, yeah, when it comes to pregnancy and birth, um, you know, this is a another area where we just need to be very conscious and aware of our own expectations and also what's perhaps driving some of those as well. And I find when it comes to, say, preparing for birth, I mean, there's so many um, variables involved. It's kind of hard to generalize around this, but, you know, sometimes like often it's like, yes, the mother and the baby kind of working together to bring, I mean, it's always that to some degree, but it's also at other times, you know, like I work with a mum just last week and it's like, we we're talking about the birth and it was exactly what you said. It was very different. She was planning a home birth and I felt very strongly that no, this child wants to be in hospital for birth um and it wasn't for that child it was actually for the mother's healing because she'd had quite a traumatic um experience in the in the home birth space and it ended up going to hospital needing emergency cesarean and and all these sorts of things and and so you know there's this um this mother that has you know this own her own expectation and view of what birth should be this time around um and this baby has a completely different version of that And I guess the way I see it with birth as well is that I tend to see both journeys or all of our journeys having different timelines and it's it's different possibilities. I think it's a little bit too rigid and maybe a little bit naive to think that we all just have one path to walk down. You know, we're all 
I don't believe our lives are pre-planned or anything like that. I feel that we come here to learn certain things and there may be some sort of situations or experiences that are sort of planned. Um, but a lot of things, including birth, uh, it's all about like the energy and the flow and the decisions and the, you know, where mum's mind's at, like how this baby's feeling, like, you know, all kind of playing out in one big swirl of energy that is the birth portal. And so I find with some babies, it's very much about I'm coming to earth. Like birth for me is actually a healing journey for you. And it's like a lot more about you as my mother than me as a soul coming to the earth. Other times it's the other way around. It's like, you know, especially I find this for babies, say, who may have experienced on their last experience on earth or a recent experience on earth left through stillbirth. You know, those babies who choose to return um, often they will have a lot to say around their birth this time. So they're not sort of re-traumatizing themselves. So things can perhaps turn out differently this time. So there's so many different timelines available. And it's also, I find some, it's like, it's very clear from the get-go. It's like, yep, this is the way we're going to go. Like we're going to um, birth at home in the water with a very small team around, mostly hands-off you know, it can be very clear. They can kind of send through an image of of what the birthing space looks like and almost like who's in that space and um, who's not in that space. And other times it can be very clearly another type of birth. And then in with other women, there can be usually uh, this is what's the most likely timeline right now, but actually there's lots of different, if I look, if I expand my own perspective I can actually see a few different ones playing out and it's going to depend on and this often gives women then the opportunity to change the outcome if they if a timeline comes through that they don't want then it gives them the opportunity and the babies will usually share wisdom around this it's like gives them the opportunity to have a different experience but if they continue down the path that they were on this was the most likely outcome but now that they see that and they're like, no, I don't want that, it's like, okay, well, how can we steer the birth or the the journey in a, a different direction? So I'm very, um, I hold a lot of, I guess, openness around like the birth space and, um, again, just being very, trying to be very neutral. You know, of some babies, like the partner will have a really big role in drawing the the helping. It's like I need my dad to help like pull my soul to earth and then they will offer different you know things to do around that you know it may be words it may be music it may be um just like holding an intention it might be crystals it might be particular physical things in in the birth space but they often will give the father a role as well and I think that's something that's often forgotten it's like it's like the father or the partner can have a role in supporting the woman, but I'm finding it's like these children are like, well, he can help me too, or they can help me, help me too. And it's like, this is what I want them to do or need them to do to help me help pull my soul to earth. And it's kind of then the the woman working with the physical baby and the pelvis and, you know, the birth canal and all of this. And it's like, then you've got the partner helping on the soul level, the spiritual level. And depending how open like the partner is kind of depends how we share that information. Um, sometimes it can be very practical. Other times it can be a bit more spiritual, you know. So, so yeah, like the whole thing around birth, it's just a big, um, 
yeah, it's like this, I just see it as this big swirl of energy and it's like, let's try to find some clarity here. But at the end of the day, it's often about like the woman, her energy, her fears, her beliefs, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, as we all know, comes up for women through um, and presents itself as, as birth trauma and has that experience. Yeah, sometimes that can come up like during pregnancy as well. And often different recommendations will come through around how we can or how the woman can work on that like during pregnancy. And just the other thing like briefly that I wanted to mention around pregnancy too is there's this belief that depends what you read, but it's like by the seventh or eighth month, you know, people like, oh, you know, my baby's soul is like in the body in my experience. And I feel so strongly to kind of like bust this myth is that the soul continuously comes and goes. In my experience, the soul is never completely in the body. Even as adults, right, you know, we we daydream, we meditate, we dream at night. The way I see it is the soul is like the pie and the human body is a slice of that pie. So it's like the soul can never be in that body because it's so much bigger and more vast. And usually when I connect with with babies during pregnancy, Yes, there may be a physical body growing there, but there's the soul of the baby is outside of the woman's body. It's very rare that I connect and the soul is like within the mother's body, like within the womb space. It's like, yeah, the body's there. There's a, um, I see it like as a silver like energy cord that connects the two, but the kind of more physical location of the soul is outside the body. And it's the same with us. Like, you know, we all, our soul is so much bigger than our human form. We all have some of our soul is is still in spirit, right? We just use some of it to come to earth. So, yeah, I just, anyway, I just felt to to share that bit. Well, like I said, whatever comes through is supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, no, I think that's so much of what you said, but I feel like the big thing that was coming to my mind is with everything you were just speaking of is even just connecting to that soul, I think brings so much sacredness back into birth that we are so lacking right now. It's like birth is so sacred and we've just become so distant from that. And I think it's just so powerful for everybody that is within, you know, you're saying the swell of energy that is part of this birth. It's so important to know that we all have this little bit of energy that's being part of that swell, whether we're the mother, we're the father, the soul baby, a midwife, Mm -hmm. a doula, sister, a friend, and understanding that this swell of energy, like we're a part of it and it's a sacred experience of welcoming a new soul in and Mm -hmm. maybe even less than the experience of what happens, more of the like connection and sacredness of the moment and welcoming a soul into this realm it's absolutely yeah Uh uh-huh that's that's the biggest thing they you know it's really important for babies to yeah I feel to be welcomed not just as a new baby on the earth but really acknowledge wow thank you so much for having the bravery and the courage to you know to commit to a life on earth and to take that leap from a soul and spirit to a little human, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, it's no easy task, right? You know, it's, it's not easy being a human and it's much easier to stay in spirit. And so, you know, I think we can really help these babies by 
really acknowledging and honoring the the journey that they're on and whichever way it goes but you know because we're talking about birth just yes like thank you for coming like I say whenever I would care for babies clinically I would always say um thank you for coming you are safe you are loved and you're never alone and I would always invite their souls team their spiritual team to really support that little human as well so just to help them to feel like welcome here and you know I I see the the soul's journey coming to earth it's like being dropped in a foreign country and you know where you don't speak the language you don't know the culture you don't know the what to do's and how to do it and and all of these things and so it's like the more we can support babies with that transition um physically emotionally energetically i think the the more well adjusted we can help these babies be especially in that that early part of their life like, i was just telling a mom this morning who came with her baby and we were just kind of reflecting on how incredible it is the amount of learning the babies do when they get here and i was like mm-hmm. just imagine like being thrown into another country and you have mm-hmm. no means of like using your hands, using your voice, using your legs, you have no ability to communicate how challenging it would be and how much it would force you to learn. Mm-hmm. So I love that you just said that because we were just reflecting yeah. this morning of like, it's, they go through so much. It's such a big learning curve. And I'm always like, humaning is really hard and learning to human yes. is really hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So is there anything else you would like to share? Um, Anything that's like really speaking to you right now that you just want to share with listeners or anybody listening today? I don't think so. Like, I think I feel, I think I feel complete. Like I feel like, yeah, the information that needed to come through today has, has come through and yeah, I just really hope, I guess, if there's anything that, you know, to be taken away from this, this episode is just to really let's start seeing these babies in different ways like seeing them as that that wise soul that they are that we all are and being really able to to honor that and really starting to try to see their journey through their eyes and to understand them in different ways is yeah that's i think it, it's so important with with children or babies and children is to really really honor their their soul's journey as a human here on the earth. I mean, it's the future, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it will change the world mm-hmm. by doing so. So how can people work with you? Because clearly I want to have a session with you, but I know so many other people will. And obviously the work you're doing from like preconception through pregnancy, through infancy, and even working with children now, like this work is so powerful and teaching families and parents another way of being able to connect and help guide their their little ones on earth and through their lives so how can people connect with you yeah so um probably on um instagram is the best um i have a link there to my different um offerings and services um i am based in australia but i do work mostly online and distant probably the most common offering that that people will will come to me for is a baby soul reading. Um, so that can be 
wherever they are on the journey from preconception to childhood. Um, often, you know, we can do sibling readings and all of that as well. Um, and we can do those remotely. So it, it doesn't mean connecting, you know, face to face or via Zoom. Um, it's something that I, I tune in, I create an altar and, um, tune into their mother's energy field. And then through that, the baby souls come through and then I, um, document, write down all the information and then send that as a PDF document by email. And it's really helpful for women if they, you know, again, talking about communication, if women prefer words or they like to read or they want to be able to see things, like often that um, women will choose that offering. But I also do baby soul readings, yeah, via Zoom for an hour and also in person here on the Gold Coast in Australia. And I offer different depths of readings as well because often this information can be quite not overwhelming necessarily, but women, especially if they're kind of early on the spiritual path, they might be like, I'm not really sure if I believe that stuff or I'm not sure if I'm ready to hear that yet. Um, So I do offer an SMS or a text message reading um, where it's like, you know, if you've got one question in particular um, and then you can receive a reading with with a one card, a one card reading and a like a brief explanation um, an answer to the question by text message. Yeah. So they're the main offerings. I also do, um, healings as well. So, um, I'm an energy worker and I, I work a lot with women, um, the energy fields. Um, I can do that in person, but also remotely as well. And also distant healings for babies. So I've worked with a lot of babies who, are um, say they're in NICU or they're unwell in some way and then can do um, a distant healing or support session with babies when they're in hospital or they don't have to be in hospital. They can be, you know, if mum is concerned about the child in any way, we can do like a distant healing where I send energy um, to that baby or that child. So, so yeah, there's a few different offerings, but basically it comes down to, yeah, how women like to receive the information and how much depth they they want to understand and learn about their past, present or future children. Oh, amazing. Well, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to be here and share everything that you shared today. And so just thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Amy. And thank you for the opportunity to to chat and share this wisdom. It's It's been fun. So thank you too. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to go follow along with me on Instagram or subscribe to my email list below so you can stay up to date on any new offers, podcast releases, and updates that take place over here. Be sure to go rank and review this podcast. It really does help me know what's resonating with you all as listeners. And if you're looking for a deeply embodied and natural birth experience, don't forget that you can sign up for Instinctive Birth and Beyond today, where your instincts, intuition, and intellect all align for an empowering and embodied experience as you enter into motherhood. Keep doing the important work you are doing. Thank you for being here. I hope you join me next week.